to the latest edition of Blackhawks on Ice. I'm David Schuster, and this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings and more from our sponsor in just a moment. On this podcast, we'll recap Sunday night's game against Detroit. We'll have post-game reaction, and you'll also hear from longtime writer Bruce Miles, who I interviewed even before the game. And before the game even started, we did find out that Patrick Kane wasn't available due to COVID protocols, so he did miss the contest. Okay, now to the game, and it wasn't a pretty picture, as for the sixth straight time, the opposition scored first, with Lucas Raymond lighting the lamp for the Red Wings, before it was Tyler Johnson tying the game up with his first goal on the season for the Hawks. But from there, it was downhill, as the Wings kept the pressure up continuously. They had 19 shots on goal in the second period, and ultimately, 37 for the game. Raymond did pick up a hat trick for the Wings with his final tally coming on the power play. The Hawks were one for four with the man advantage. They did have 16 shots on their four power play uh, instances, and they have now scored a power play goal in five of their opening six games. But on the night, too many penalties, too many missed chances, and it was all said and done, another loss. And also, unfortunately, an NHL record established for starting a season with no leads in any games the first six games, and it now stretches to over 360 minutes. And a streak came to an end on this night as the Hawks' sellout streak ended at 535 games. Jonathan Kays got into the scoring column for the first time this season, finally with a pair of assists. He also had a goal call back upon review. Tays, being the captain, met the media after the game. Hi, Jonathan. Uh, you guys were in there a long time. Can you give us some sense of what was being said in the room after that one? I mean, specifics of what's said in the locker room always stays in the locker room, but uh, you can imagine that we're we're just uh, trying to dig ourselves out of the hole that we've kind of gotten ourselves in after six games here. It's not a good feeling, and, you know, at the end of the day, um, the solution is in our locker room. It's, it's everybody, um, so I think everyone's uh, trying to take responsibility how they can be better and, and, and help our team and get in the win column. Is that belief still there that that the solutions in the room that this team as currently constituted can can turn this around? Hundred percent. I mean, it's a horrible feeling. I, I don't think there's many guys that have been through anything like this before, but um, especially to, to start a season. But you know, I think when things have gone well for us, or at least we're, we're playing the right way and we're doing the things that we're supposed to be doing, uh, you know, we're not really. We haven't found a way to generate um, any offense and get on the score sheet. And when things go bad for us, it just seems to uh, kind of snowball. But again, we only have ourselves to blame for that. And, you know, so um, it's up to us to find solutions and, and find a way out of it. Just one shift at a time, even though, well, like I said, it's, it's not a good feeling right now. And it's easy for uh, for your, your confidence to shrink when, when you're going through something like this. Next up, we have Phil Thompson with the trip. Phil, go ahead. Jonathan, specifically, what do you think uh, went wrong tonight, particularly in the second period? Um, you know, I just think we're not consistent enough with, uh, uh, with you know, how we're playing defensively and how hard we're making uh, making it for teams to, to get in our zone and create scoring chances. And, um, you know, top to bottom, I think our forwards have to help our D-men and, um, we're just making it too easy for teams to, to walk in our zone, get possession, stay in our zone, generate shots, win battles. So it's it's literally it's it's not it's not um, the most 
you know, complicated issues. I think it's just finding that consistency and and not getting frustrated and staying with our game plan when when things aren't clicking, when when another team's coming at us. Do you and the team still have faith in Jeremy? Of course. I mean, um, you know, I, I think uh, at this point, you know, like like I said, there's there's details to our game that when we've done them and we've stuck to them, we have four lines rolling that that do things right. Uh, it's a fun way to play and everyone feeds off of it, but we just haven't done it enough. So, um, you know, as a group, we want to decide to, to do that and commit ourselves to each other. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not like we decide to wait six games to do it, but uh, there's been times where we have, it just hasn't been enough and it hasn't been good enough. So um, we just, we got to find a way to, 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 to commit to each other and, and, you know, I think that's what we want to do. We want to we want to start winning games. We want to have some fun playing hockey because we know we're we're uh, we're performing. You know, uh, we're performing much uh, or much less than than we can, I guess. So it's it's uh, it's underwhelming. <clears throat> Next, we have Scott Powers with the Athletic. Scott, go ahead. Hey, Jonathan, you mentioned how this is kind of a new challenge. You've never been through probably something like this, you know, or what, 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 for you as a captain, what, what's important? How do you, how, how do you kind of direct this team right now? Well, like I said, uh, you know, I'm trying to better my game every single day and, and there's mistakes that I've been making that I have to take responsibility for. So, um, you know, I think in the room we're just encouraging guys to bring their own form of leadership and to know that they can bring the team up and it's up to every single guy. So same same goes for me. Is there a sense get cut off? Is there a sense when you guys get down that that there's something that's clicking off? It seems like you I mean even against the last two games you guys had stretches where you played well, but then they score and some of that just kinda falls apart. Yeah, for sure. And I think when the bounces are going against us, we're we're letting it affect us a little bit too much. So sometimes that happens, and and uh, little things, whether it's calls or, or you know offensive breaks or even goals against, uh, that kind of you know you get that sinking feeling in your stomach, and your confidence gets chipped away at a little bit. We just have to be a little bit mentally tougher and and uh, not get phased. At, at I mean, it's just part of the game. You're not going to control. Every aspect of the game is a lot of un- unpredictability out there. So we got to make a decision as a group to, to be um, just collectively stronger. And before we hear from Jeremy Colleton, a word from DraftKings. And the NBA is back. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA, the key to victory is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So why not make your roster Washington, 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 and oh yeah, Washington. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code 
TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And now let's hear from Jeremy Colleton as he talked to the media right after the game. Well, I think uh, it's a step back from uh, the last two games. We uh, we did a lot of good things, I thought, against uh, New York and Vancouver. weren't rewarded for it, but we gotta we gotta do it for longer and uh, be willing to stick with it. And I thought uh, too much of tonight was slip back into the things that got us in trouble on the road trip and uh, we paid the price for it so um it's, there's no secrets as far as what we got to do i think everyone knows and uh we we got to find a way so we'll go back to work tomorrow first question is from mark lazarus with the athletics mark go ahead Jeremy, that seemed to be a, a long team meeting after uh, after the game. Were you involved in that? Was that players only? And if you were, what was your message? Yeah, I think again, we got to keep it in house. I've said a lot. I don't think I need to say more. And I think they they have a lot of pride, and uh, we expect to respond tomorrow and the day after, and when we play Toronto. Seth Jones and Jonathan Taze both said they have 100% faith in you. Do you feel you have that from the management too? Of course. I think, uh, again, there's no secrets for how we got to play. We know what we got to do. And uh, obviously it's it's up to me to find a way to get that to translate. So, um, you know, thought we had, as I said in, in uh, the beginning, I think we had two much better efforts uh, defensively, details of the game. We weren't rewarded with goals and wins. Uh, we got to get back to that and uh, understand that results are the only thing that matters in the end, but that's how you get there. How you get the results is by doing the right thing over and over and over again. I don't think we did that tonight. Next question is Phil Thompson with the trip. Phil, go ahead. Jeremy, I know it's kind of outside your realm, but uh, Danny Wurst felt the, the need to address the, the end of the, the sellout street feet. Do you feel that the fans have kind of turned and, and have lost faith in the team? I think when you're not playing well, um, that's not a surprise. I think uh, it's up to us to play better. And uh, I believe we have uh, the makings of a good group. We haven't put it together yet, so we need to. And uh, I feel like we can we can play a brand of hockey and, and be a team that uh, – people in Chicago are proud of, but uh, we got to deliver. Uh, again, another uh, early goal. Uh, you don't get the first goal that you wanted. Uh, what else can you do at, at this point to, to try to turn that around? I think it's ultimately, um, it's about doing the right thing every shift. And, uh, you know, you, you can go, you can go through the goals one at a time. You can go through the chances we give up. Uh, a lot of it's self-inflicted. You're going to give, you're not going to play a perfect game and, and uh, limit all the chances against, um, but you can make them earn what they got. I don't think we did that tonight. Next up is Ben Pope. Ben, go ahead. 
Hey, Jeremy, uh, in the timeout in the third period, it looked like you handed the whiteboard to the players for them to drop a play. Was, was there any you know, meeting to that moment? No, I think uh, obviously w- without uh, you know different players in the lineup, we've had to adjust uh, as far as the five on three and the four on three and, and uh, all that. But I think at that point, there's only seven seconds left in the power play. So I don't I don't have all the best ideas. I'm open to um, coming up with with something different. I think they they had a pretty good play. They drew up and uh, I'm not mistaken, just got deflected. Brinksy's uh, one timer there. So um, nothing strange about that. I know you said it after morning skate that the lineup wasn't set um, with with all the moving pieces. Was there? Did you know well in advance what the lineup would be, or was it kind of you know chaos down to the last second and trying to figure that out? No, we knew in the afternoon. But uh, again, with the situation we're in uh, with with COVID, things things can change at the last minute. So um, we're we got to be ready to to adjust, and that's just how it is. Next question is from Scott Powers of The Athletic. Scott, you can go ahead. Hey, Jeremy. Obviously, so much goes through Patrick Kane. Was there any adjustment that you see from your guys tonight having to play without him? I think it's, hey, Patty's a great player, uh, no question. So we, I don't want to discount the hole that, that he leaves, but but ultimately that's it's not what we lost. Um, we got to play more similar to, to how we did the two games previous. And, uh, you know, obviously we can, there's areas even in those games we can play better, but um, tonight was a step back. And to me, that's that's what it comes down to. And that's what we'll focus on is, is uh, we got to go forward, not backwards. The last question is from Charlie Romeliotis from NBC Sports. Charlie, you can go ahead. Hey, Jeremy, uh, how deflating is a night like tonight where you were making some minimal progress in the, in the process, but um, take a step back as far as the game and the result? It's not the game we wanted to have. That's for sure. Um, you know, if you lose, but you feel like you are keep improving and you keep pushing, you, you have confidence that you're going to break through. we got to get back to that. That's That's got to be the focus here for uh, tomorrow and the next day and, and then the game. Um, we we got to be... Got to respond. And finally, even before the game started, I had a chance to speak with longtime writer and reporter Bruce Miles, and we chatted about his longtime association with Blackhawks hockey. All right, Bruce, uh, when you think about the Blackhawks and hockey, what's your oldest uh, first memories? I think my first memories were in the 1960s watching the road games, of course, only road games on Channel 9 with the great Lloyd Pettit doing the games and just a shot and a goal. It was just, it hooked me. The speed of the game, there were only six teams where I knew all the players and just loved players like Bobby Hull, Stan Makita, and Glenn Hall. So those were my first memories of the game. Were you like me on a Saturday night where you would stay home and watch it and then after the news it was Creature Features or something like that? That was my Saturday night. Oh, absolutely. Saturday nights at home were appointment viewing with the Blackhawks. I remember the games from the Forum in Montreal and Lloyd always telling us the announcements will be made first in French, then in English, Maple Leaf Gardens, 
always Saturday night around the TV. And then afterwards, like you said, the news and some creature features, maybe if I could stay up that long. I remember the first time I came to a game at the old Chicago Stadium. I couldn't believe how loud it was. Do you have that same memory? Yes, it was in the early 70s when they were cup contenders. It wasn't quite when they were cheering during the national anthem, but whenever the Hawks would score a goal or somebody uh, was announced big, it was uh, loud. You could feel the place vibrate. And I was here later for the uh, later in the years for the 91 All-Star Game. That was as loud as I've ever heard the building. And honestly, I did feel the, the building vibrate that afternoon. Okay, do you remember when the Hawks, I don't know what kind of memory you had, when the Hawks actually lost that Stanley Cup, I think it was in 71, if I'm not mistaken. Montreal scored a couple of late goals, yada, yada. Yes, it was May 18th, 1971. The Hawks had a 2-0 lead in the series and a 2-0 lead in Game 7. Jacques Lemaire scored from just across the center line against Tony Esposito in the fog because it was a warm day and the old stadium wasn't quite like the United Center with air conditioning. But yes, they scored three unanswered goals. It was one of the most heartbreaking defeats in Chicago history. Uh, I don't think a lot of people ever got over it, frankly, who follow the Hawks. And how about when the team won the three Stanley Cups in the span of five or six years, you know, uh, about a decade ago at this point? Well, yeah, I I just think that it really um, quenched the thirst. Uh, My family members, my wife especially, she just let out a primal scream when the Hawks won that in Philadelphia. I was actually covering the Cubs that night in Milwaukee, and I didn't have the sound of the press box, didn't, so I had no idea that they couldn't find the puck or didn't know what happened. I looked up and I said, oh, the Blackhawks just won the Stanley Cup because I saw Patrick Kane celebrating. But yeah, what a decade. What a decade for sports and hockey in, in this city. You know, fan bases are all very fanatical, I guess is the right word. But what is it about Blackhawk fans with this team more often when they win than when they don't, don't win? But even when they don't win, they're so, so into this team. Yeah, I think it's one of those where it's always been kind of the fourth team or or basketball, baseball, football were always ahead of hockey. The Hawks fans had this kind of this special pride in being the the cult sport followers and just it it was just such an event. Wednesday nights and Sunday nights at the stadium were just such events. The home games weren't on TV so there was a little bit of mystery about coming down here but I just think it was the cult sport. We the, The fans knew the team, they knew the sport, and there was a special kind of pride in that, I think. We're the, about the same age. What was it like the first time I remember growing watching Bobby Hull and Nikita and all those kind of guys, but the first time I met them, I almost had chills. Did you have the same effect? Yeah, absolutely. It was in an airport one time. My son was three years old. This was when I was an adult, and my son, I told him, I said, do you know who that is? I said, that's Bobby Hull. I went over, asked for an autograph, and I, he said, what's your son's name? And I said, it's Steven. He goes, does he spell it with a V or a PH? He gladly signed. And I interviewed those guys over the years many times. Just so gracious. Stan Makita, Glenn Hall, Bobby Hall. Just uh, it was my feeling that, uh, you know, they lived up to what they were supposed to be. And a final thought, what, what about this year's team? I mean, tough start to begin the season. It is a long season, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, I thought coming into the training camp seemed to be a good one. The Blackhawks right now are having trouble generating goals five on five. That really has to change for this team. Nowadays in the National Hockey League, if you fall behind early, you spend the entire season trying to catch up and you expend so much energy doing that. And the Hawks are behind the eight ball already, so it's really time, even though it's October, for them to get it going, David. So the Hawks fall to 0-5-1 with their next game coming up on Wednesday night here at the United Center against Toronto. So thank you to Bruce, by the way, for joining us here on Blackhawks uh, on Ice. 
And in case anyone was wondering, even though the Hawks have started the season with no wins in their first games, six games, the Hawks started the 1999-2000 season winless in their first eight games. Once again, the next game coming up is Wednesday night at the United Center against Toronto. Thanks for listening to Blackhawks on Ice.